Hello everyone, Furo can't do the intro because they just blocked her account. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Open Africa Podcast. Tears. <laughs> Tears in my eyes. Oh my god. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Recovered. Take a bit of time, you know. Get it together. As you can see, today's episode is going to be about crypto. It's going to be fantastic today because we have seen things. We have seen many things. We have seen terrible things. Okay, so let's just jump right into it. Loudly. Right. So, today we are going to, you know, actually have a, a proper educational session before we get into this because we think it's important that we set the context right because we've also seen a couple of tweets from people you know trying to justify what the cbn has done um so we're trying to put a bit of you know context to what crypto is and crypto is a type of digital assets or currency right it's it's not a physical thing that you can hold um, it's essentially like electronic money, if we can call it that, right? And it's created through this process of mining, which is um, like a process where computers solve complex mathematical equations that then produce like coins, right? You might be thinking to yourself that this already sounds like something that shouldn't be used as a store of value. But I think if you consider why it was created, it might, it might make a bit of sense. Traditional financial systems today are slow. If you've ever tried to do like cross-border remittance using your standard SWIFT, um, they're sending USD from Nigeria to, um, or sending USD from the US to Nigeria or Lebanon or something. It takes time, it's expensive. And then at the same time, governments and large corporations are notorious for manipulating economies in different ways, you know, just by how they supply or withdraw money and currency bills in circulation. And some people felt that this, is, this wasn't a fair thing to be able to do. And it's inspired like the creation of, of cryptocurrencies, because, for example, there was a time somebody moved about 99 million dollars using litecoin and it only cost him 40 cents in fees for all that money that was moved so crypto was set set up crypto especially bitcoin set out to solve some of these identified flaws so i would say at this point to put it in context if i have to transfer a thousand dollars from nigeria typically how much does that cost well you would pay an offshore charge that I don't recall at this time. And then you would also pay 0.25%. And then you would also pay um, the Telex charge, which is, which is I think, 4,000 Naira. And there's one more charge. In total, there are about four different charges yeah. that you pay. So you pay here in Nigeria, yeah. like a fee in Nigeria to send. You pay the fee in America to receive. Yeah. So I think sometimes you just upfront pay that fee upfront, but sometimes if you don't pay, it's the bank on the other side will deduct wire fees. Yeah. Then there's the fee for the telex, and I, and like I always said, there's a tax that is also. I think it's like fifty dollars or something. 
Yeah. So it's pretty expensive to, to send money via like conventional means. And not just expensive, it takes time. So it's like three to five business days. Correct. Right. So Bitcoin in particular um, set out to solve these problems of fees, um, the speed, and because it exists on a blockchain, which is essentially like a ledger that just records all the transactions that happen via cryptocurrency and it is not in the control of any one person it makes it very difficult if not impossible to actually manipulate you know cryptocurrency for your own advantage and now at this point you might be thinking to yourself that why does it have value why is cryptocurrency a valuable thing the answer to this lies within economics right there are four concepts that define every um, everything that has value, like your commodities today, gold, silver, um, the US dollar, the Nigerian Naira. And those four things are scarcity, utility, demand, and supply. Scarcity means that there um, is a limited number of this thing, right? And so you can't just have it in abundance it's not a in um, for example for gold there is a fixed gold reserve that exists in the world you know if you mine everything today you're not going to have anything to mine tomorrow in the same way cryptocurrency like follows that same scarcity principle there can only ever be 21 million bitcoin and as of today they've mined about 16.2 million right the second thing is utility like gold each bitcoin is similar to the next one it is divisible you can use a fraction of it um, and you can easily verify it you know on the blockchain much like how you can easily verify gold demand is simple people want it and supply is in the same vein people are able to mine it and supply it once anything has these four principles scarcity utility demand and supply it, it immediately has value, right? And that is why crypto has value. Now, the price of a thing is different from the value of a thing. The price is a function of the market. If many people want it, price is going to go up, especially as it is scarce, you know, and it has utility. So if everybody wants something, the price will go up. If nobody wants it, the price will go down, right? So it's, it's important to note supply and demand will change the price of a thing what else am i supposed to so i mean clarify that's like the big explanation for why the price of bitcoin is going up right now so because it's limited yeah and there are bigger players coming into play so you when you say something like elon musk buys 1.5 billion bitcoin in bitcoin it means of that limited resource or of that limited that is available Elon is buying 1.5 billion worth. So every guys, more people wanting to hold it means there's there are fewer people to sell. So more so everybody is holding their own because they believe the value is going to go up. And everybody's trying to get into it. So all these institutional guys are trying to buy Bitcoin as a way they can store value. Yeah. And they are buying it off little guys that are trading with like Coinbase and the exchanges and whatnot. And that drives the and price. And that drives, drives the price up. So 
I know that there are people that are like talking about like volatility. So the price more or less it varies based on what the market is saying. If no more if if there's an oversupply, it will drop a bit. If there's not, not enough a, not enough supply, it will go up a bit. Yeah. So with stuff like Elon wanting to buy, rumors of Apple wanting to buy um, what's it called? The city of Miami converting yeah. some of their thing. It means they are taking out of what is available. Yeah. And it has gone from just regular people that just had Bitcoin to big institutions that want Bitcoin and they have the resources to buy a lot of Bitcoin. So that gives that little Bitcoin that you have some value or yeah. significant value. That, A significant, exactly. Yeah. Another thing to note is that the, the blockchain technology on which cryptocurrency, the technology that cryptocurrency sits on is also a young technology. Um, it's not, it's not a super mature, you know, technology. And what we found is that for promising technologies like that, um, there is always some volatility. If you remember the dot-com boom, internet stock went bonkers. They were, you know, rising in, in price at, at an incredible rate. And many people bet against internet technology. Um, I remember there was a, there was a show that um, Bill Gates was on and he was trying to he was trying to talk like he was trying to push the concept of the internet and the concept of like streaming like streaming a baseball um game, game. and the host was asking him that why would he want to do that um or like go on the internet to view that when he can just record um, the game into his vhs you know so there will always be much like how many people are better against cryptocurrency today. New technology always drives people, you know, to, to speculate, you know, and you know, and that speculation is what then drives up um, a lot of that price. So for me, if you look at the traditional like stock markets, what drives that is as well is speculation. Exactly. So, that's why I'm still a bit confused by all this like harsh reaction yeah. to, to cryptocurrency. I think a lot of it is, is a lack of understanding yeah. from regulators okay. and then a lack of desire to want to understand. True. So, I mean, let's bring it down into Nigerian context, yeah? So in 2017, um, CBN came out with their circular stating that so i'll quote directly right so it says that for banks and other financial services organizations one ensure that you do not use hold trade or transact in any way with virtual currencies ensure that existing customers that are that are currency exchanges have effective aml and cft so aml is anti-money laundry and cft is um counter, counter terrorist financing yeah yeah anyways. yeah um so ensure that they have effective AML and CFTE controls that enable them from enable them to comply with customer identification, verification and transaction monitoring requirements. Three, where banks and other financial institutions are not satisfied with the controls put in place by virtual currency exchanges, the relationship should be discontinued immediately. And four, any suspicious transactions by these customers should immediately be reported to the Niger NFIU, Nigerian Financial Institution Intelligence Unit, right? 
So in 2017, they they came with some sort of stance, but it was a more friendly stance than what we're seeing in 2020, where they're going outright and they're saying that, um, so further to the 2017 circular, um, accordingly, all the all deposit money banks and other financial services institutions are directed to identify persons and or entities transacting in or creating cryptocurrency exchanges within their systems and ensure that such accounts are closed immediately now for me obviously i think that this is like just overdoing it right it's like yes okay you don't want people to invest in cryptocurrencies but at the end of the day human beings have the right of making the choice right if you say don't bank the exchanges okay don't bank the exchanges banks yourself don't get involved in the business because you have to make sure that the capital base that you have is not eroded if market volatility you know happens there's volatility in the market right yeah. but to now say that you're going to close individuals accounts and then proceed to actually shut down people's accounts without any notice or any you know communication to the customers i feel like that's a bit it's a bit crazy and if, if your your regulation is coming in on the 5th of february and by what's it called by the 11th or 10th of february which is like friday we started seeing um banks actively shutting down accounts which for me it doesn't make any sense because if you're saying going forward you know don't trade yeah. cryptocurrency i'll understand but do you mean that so for someone like me because <laughs> i've had bank accounts shut down are you saying that if i had been using all my bank accounts then you mean that all the banks will shut down my accounts then what do i do like where do i go to conduct my financial transactions does it make any sense and yeah I don't know. yeah I, for me it's 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 an overreach yeah. like if the cbn's position or if the cbn is trying to protect customers there or protect like the nigerian people i think the first thing should be don't allow banks to be actively exposed to crypto and by yeah. actively exposed to crypto is like banks can't have any of their assets, assets yeah. in crypto that's fair if you say yes it is volatile we don't yeah. want you to mess with people's money that that's very very fair but for individuals or entities that want to do this the banks have no exposure here in fact the banks make money off it of the transaction so like an exchange is going to have lots of deposits in their account banks are going to make money for maintenance fee yeah. because it's charged per, charge per mil so they're going to make a lot of money from that for people buying cryptocurrency buying it on with their cards on different exchanges banks are going to make money off either it's a transfer fee or it's a car or interchange when they use their card or like a processing fee there's a lot of money for banks to make around cryptocurrency without actively getting into cryptocurrency and yeah. i think that's something Cash App and PayPal figured out last year. In fact, a lot of even Revolut, a lot of the big businesses saw it that crypto is easy money, especially in especially in the year that we had last year where there was lots of stimulus money in sensible countries. There was lots of nobody's going out to like. There's no place for people to put money. Yields on like government bonds, like instruments, are like very low. So there's nowhere for people to put money. They're not going out there. The clubs are not open, so you're not even spending money in the clubhouse, that kind of thing. What most people tend to do is they invest it. Mm -hmm. So that's why we've seen in Tesla, 
Tesla do ridiculous numbers in a year where they shouldn't do ridiculous numbers because they just people just like Elon and they just put money in it because they think it's going up. There's lots there's lots more retail investing activity in the last year. You can see the same thing with like Wall Street bets and it's the same thing with crypto. Lots of people are putting money in crypto because hey, this looks like a safe commodity to invest in. Well, not safe, but it looks like a commodity commodity to invest in because and make, some and make some decent returns because treasury bills are not giving you anything. Your savings yeah. account is not giving you anything. But, I mean, yeah, that money has to work. Yeah, and then looking at their press release, like the CBN press release. I find it so like I don't know. I think I don't know why I just feel so personally wounded by it. Even though like yeah, I just feel so personally wounded by it. I I'm not I don't have an exchange. I don't have any business any exchange. But I feel like it's just way too hard. So they're saying that cryptography is a method. Oh no no wait hold. There's this line in particular. Hold on. There was a line. It's cryptography is a method of encrypting high and hiding codes that prevent oversight accountability and regulation and they're basically mm-hmm. implying that people that want to trade in cryptocurrencies are trying to evade um you know being their transactions being tracked and being monitored which i find like it's absolutely crazy like there are other ways to do this thing if you say okay you don't have visibility of these transactions there are ways to go about getting visibility around these transactions it's not to put an outright ban you know the thing is that if there was any understanding of how these things worked they would see that crypto is probably the most transparent thing there is i mean anybody can look up a transaction in fact that's how hush puppy and them work when caught because the fbi just started monitoring the transaction is going into a particular wallet and once they could identify the wallet belong to this person based on the company that generated the wallet they're able to make an arrest that is that's basically what i i think the cbm should do like their whole thing is in their pressures they're saying oh crypto patrons value anonymity obscurity and consumers question and the question one may need to ask is therefore why an entity would disguise its transactions if they were legal like like this this was a thing in the early days of crypto like maybe like 2010 those early years where even me personally i thought it was like full of nonsense because there's just people on the dark web or internet using it to like facilitate dumb payments but as it's grown it has matured yeah almost yeah. everybody's requiring kyc yeah. to like use to use it which is what the, i believe like the nigeria regulator should have done they should have you, you them in part in partnership with the sec yeah should have brought the exchanges into the fold and forced them to like regulate because yeah. to be fair the exchanges are already asking for kyc at this point so it's as simple as bringing them in so you have a site on it so if you say it's your bvn you can say what bvn what bank accounts are linked to this bvn what wallet addresses are linked to this bvn you can see someone's activity report and everywhere this can report to nfia as well there's nothing stopping, stopping that, that. Like you could have brought them and given them like a framework and a way for them to like operate the rest the way the other thing is legal because it's not as if like this is America where Americans are looking for liberty blah 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 blah. All Nigerians wanted crypto for us to get some returns and to facilitate yeah. payments because they can't access FX. It's not as if it was they, a market move. It was a it was just a natural response to what Murphy and Quell 
<laughs> Don't do us. <laughs> yeah, and I think that this whole reaction, I'm sorry to just sidetrack a bit. This whole reaction is just a it's a general body language of this government in terms of just harsh responses to the most simple things. And then where they're supposed to focus. So banks have been used for years and years for money laundering. Banks have been used for years and years for financing of Boko Haram and all sorts of things. And you haven't seen them come out with such a harsh stance on things. It's kind of just, you know, I don't know if they think they're just targeting young people because again, I think we had had this conversation earlier around you know, if the CBN comes out with sort of sort of circular, I would expect that the committee of bankers, so heads of the different banks, will sit down and have a conversation between themselves and even their compliance teams and say, okay, what is our stance? And go back to the CBN and say, look, you can't annihilate a whole generation from like a whole like market segment of our books from banking with us. It doesn't make any sense. But you see, the thing is, what's it called? These bankers, they are old. They're out of touch. I mean. It's not uh, Abubakar Suleiman or Sterling Bank that was arguing in favor of border closure not too long ago. These are the, these guys are not the people that are going to defend you when Mephi brings this thing. Compliance departments in Nigeria are an absolute shambles. I don't know any compliance department in this country that is a proactive compliance department. All they do is just take CBN's regulation like, yes, we must enforce. There's not much thinking that goes into this thing. It's like very disappointing. Yeah, the system has flogged people so 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 long and beat people down for so long. I feel like people feel like they have no choice but to just align. Yeah. And I think that the people who actually should even be taking on the CBN on this sort of thing is actually the Senate. Because they are actually the representatives of um, citizens of Nigeria. Yeah, across yeah, different the, regions the banks can write to the senate because the thing yeah, that the but senate, banks have no, no skin in the no, game no, no, hold on banks so the thing is that for for how do i put it now how do i put it now the banks can how do i put it there's like public hearings and things you can bring things to the, yeah. the senate for them to probe further with the cbn yeah. right there are there are channels to do these things and when they have agendas to push they know how they push those agendas yeah but, but, and that's the point that i'm making they have no skin in the game because they they don't hold crypto in their position at best what they do is facilitate transactions and maybe integrate like maybe payment as well you are holding the you are the account you hold the account of yeah the float of the exchange otherwise they will have packed themselves into jets and to go and meet Murphy. Yeah. but so i'm I not think, sure anybody so should expose to expect a lot of these a lot of these older guys don't see like the vision like they don't see what they could do and they're not asking questions but the thing and that's getting me upset is just the fact that i feel like they're not asking questions if you don't understand share you will say okay you know gather a round table of if it's to do round table to do reform of the country that they've never actually implemented you do that one gracefully and happily you know but then you know on these sort of issues i'd expect that you will ask questions you will try and get some level of education and then come out to regulation that's something that makes me feel like you are thinking so my problem is there are very there are use cases that crypto can offer the banks that if they were smart they would jump on so for instance the i guess the american equivalent of the cbn or a part of the cbn payment the oo c sharp Controller of currency or something, 
recognized the blockchain as a real like swift so they see the blockchain just as swift that's so banks can if that obviously there are risk attached with being on the blockchain but a bank can say they want to be is it a node or whatever the crypto exists don't be an independent node or the thing on the blockchain like they recognize that they even went further to say banks are allowed to do facilitate payments via stable coins now that is a very because the reason is american because there's so many america is a huge country there's so many banks so like each like because the way they are structured is federalism blah 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 every state has its own laws and regulations with regards to anything they do so every state has its own banking regulation so for instance wyoming is very pro crypto for example and i think texas is not i can't remember so like if you open i think maybe some exchange apps they tell you they can't serve you if you live in this state so they their settlement process is very complicated like if you are transferring money it's not like instant not like nip whatever whatever and these guys see it as a problem and they're like stable coins can present a solution or can be a solution for us to solve this so that is progressive regulating i mean obviously the americans there that hate the whole kyc thing but as nigerians we are used to it, we don't mind i would think the cbn sees something like this and says and i names and nip always has issues why don't we look into something like the blockchain for settlement where all the banks are like nodes and you can facilitate real-time settlements and you don't have the issue of nibs issue every christmas because that's the thing that happens like that so that's what that's what you think someone with sense would do or say you we know we don't have clearing for international transactions for instance, you can't send a USD payment from Access Bank to GTD for yeah. cheap. It's basically routed outside. It's run, runs on Swift, so it's routed outside. They're routed back to Nigeria. You don't have dollar clearing. You could see that and say, oh, this is an opportunity to build like a local clearing for USD for USD using crypto. There's like so there's so much that these guys could have done, and their position is. We're going to ban it. <laughs> no. It's like, no. It's like, I, I see these good things, but no, I'm going to ban it. That is the other thing they've seen it. I don't think they've bothered to prove to try and see any value. As far as they're concerned, I, me, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I mean, so I guess for from what I'm reading, because you know, this is Nigeria, there's no, there's no decision that's made that's not political. Mm-hmm. And uh, exchange rate is a, is a very political thing and for them I'm guessing the CBS position is anything that can affect the price of dollar or that can give rise to another exchange whatever that have they have no control over they don't want but the thing, see the thing is man, for as long as people are going to have to do trade there will always be pressure on the dollar and you trade is inevitable. 
it is like saying you don't want people like trade is inevitable the way the country is set up trade is inevitable in fact the way the world is set up trade is inevitable it's a matter of putting things in place cbn has been doing this up and down with currency for so long but the government has not sat down to think about other ways to make things better you know, ease of doing business and all of that where still like people have to rely on import to do a lot of basic things for their businesses because trying to do it locally just becomes way too expensive that doesn't make any sense for you if you want to make profit because again nigerians are very price sensitive so if you want to now sell that locally produced thing to the nigerian market you won't find buyers you get so the the conversation is a lot larger than just focusing on the currency because no matter how much you want to just battle this currency thing in isolation it is not possible so now my my thing is if Obviously, the CBN doesn't want pressure on the dollar, yes? Now, if they don't want pressure on the dollar, why don't they route it to other things? You, at this point, I'm not sure asking critical <laughs> and intelligent questions is the way forward. Because, I, see, I feel like, even me myself, I need to get to the point where I consistently remember that the Central Bank of Nigeria is full of civil servants. And the people who make decisions are men in their 50s and 60s. Lying that they are 50 something. So, so the thing yeah. for me is, like, so if we, if, we, if we step away from just this crypto, right, and look at the larger, let me say, tech ecosystem, there was the Gokada incident, the Okada ban incident, right, where investors have put a lot of money into these businesses, and then government wakes up on money and puts in place a ban and then suddenly these businesses are then forced to start to look for other ways to make money right there's the then now you have this crypto issue for me i feel like it gives investors don't have confidence in that investors have always struggled with the nigerian market like they know that if they're investing i i feel like in the back of their head is like well this is very high risk but it can also be like very high returns but you know that you need to exit as quickly as possible because one day the government can come and just cause problems you know and we can't and the government can't I mean, cbn and the rest of the government just keeps proving that point you know because you can't like there are businesses that are built around these things there are livelihoods that are built around these things surely you like you know now that you mentioned this Okada thing it goes back to even like how regulation could have been done. Like, why didn't they use... Why didn't they use Okada business as a framework for how Okada should operate as far as, like, safety standards, You know the, the interesting thing? Wizard, sorry to cut you off, Nessa. Wizard was talking about how um, in Nairobi, he does, like, 30 minutes, 45 minute deliveries for whatever it is that you're buying and how in Joburg, and Johannesburg in South Africa, you can't get that same experience. Turns out that the Kenyan government actually sought to, you know, promote the use of motorbikes yeah. within um, Nairobi and, and some other cities. And it just speaks clearly to the point that we were making about using Gokada as like the framework. We could have hacked so many things by introducing standards yeah. to Okada system. Logistics. Mm -hmm. This one that you can deliver stuff in tip-top shape because it's drunkards that are riding up and down, you know. Transportation. 
there is a lot of demand for um quick what's it called so like just to beat traffic and yeah. reduce the number of massive buses on the road look yeah it's, it's you could have taken the standards that gokada and all of them have put in place and made it industry-wide industry and find ways to organize the unorganized sector but no 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 it's just scatter everything and it was just a ban and now it's the regular cadres that are coming back up obviously mm-hmm. they are rogue mm-hmm. but and they're everywhere and they're everywhere but now there's no even way like if your whole thing was you want okadas to be organized or whatever you, there's no one head you can kill to yeah. stop okadas on the road yeah. now when you could have used the opportunity to say bring them all together and it gives you more control so that's just really my 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 concept. It's a Nigerian thing. God, I hate this country. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> yeah. Try to uh, make sense are, of it. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Don't 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 don't. <laughs> I think I spent last weekend. A friend came to visit, and then you know we just started having a random conversation, and then crypto came to the conversation, and then just dovetails into this larger conversation about how messed up this country is. And we ended up spending, I think, like maybe from it came like 1 p.m. because it came to drop a cake for me from like 1 p.m. to like 8 p.m. Just sat down downstairs, just talking about how crap this place is. And like for me, it's just this episode has been a yeah. like a rant because we set out trying to break it down and be objective and, and be objective. But then we're still objective and we're yeah. still asking questions. It's just quite you know, frustrating. The, the interesting thing is it. that a, a regulator is allowed to be worried about stuff you are well within your rights but every decision you take as a regulator should always come from a position of understanding you have to understand how stuff works from this before press, you begin to regulate from this press release you can tell they have no understanding they clearly do not understand it they are referencing warren buffett's comments from how many years ago i'm sure that guy has crypto audience he just won't tell anybody because he was so vocal about it and for the longest time yeah that means like they're still calling it like means of payment like crypto has evolved from means of like bitcoin has evolved from means of payment to many things to many things now it's yeah. a proper commodity people are doing ridiculous people things are doing with, like, futures they are doing derivatives with with crypto Oh, and by the way, governments are governments are reacting in different ways. But of course, Africa is always a very interesting place. So, Northern African states typically have a um, negative attitude towards crypto. In Algeria, Egypt, Libya, it's flat out prohibited. Tunisia is the, is the Northern African country that is open, you know, and welcoming for crypto. And then across like Central Africa, many people had, and I say had because Nigeria has since changed its position, um, but many Central African to West African countries had no official um, position on, on crypto. And then down south, South Africa is quite you know open to it. The only thing is that they want transparency and they are seeking to regulate it to be able to get that. And internationally, the US is accepting. China has told banks, don't hold, don't partake, but individuals are allowed to trade. 
Singapore, it is legal and recognized as a digital payment token. Brazil, it is legal, not regulated. In England, it is legal and subject to taxation. In Israel, and Israel is even the most fascinating country to me because they charge 25% capital gains tax on Bitcoin. If you sell Bitcoin, they'll charge you 25% capital gains tax. If you're a miner, they, they treat you like a corporate entity. You pay corporate income tax and you pay 17% VAT. For me, eh, the Israel model could easily have been copied. It will have been annoying. We'll probably still be complaining. But it's a it's a better position to begin to negotiate from than this position that. where you people are children that don't know what you are doing. Stop this nonsense. Yeah, we don't trust you. We don't know. What you know, if these guys, you could have done stamp duty on every crypto transaction, <laughs> bro. And they are like, looking for where to make money. Banks are looking if for you do, make money. Not no, banks. Not even bank. The government. You they are looking for every finance project. Every exchange should charge hundred naira stamp duty on every on every crypto transaction, whether you are buying or whether you are selling or whether you are depositing, whether you are withdrawing. Charge 100 naira fee. Given the volume of transactions we do in this country, we have cleaned out as a government. Yeah. But yeah. Because, I mean, Laulu, do you want to share some of the Nigerian numbers before this? So, as of last year, I think you had some numbers from last year, yeah? Um, not even. It was just how the Binance Exchange was consistently out trading the Nigerian Stock Exchange. Yeah. And on the fifth the day that the circular came out i think binance did like 15 billion and the nse did like 5 billion because who trusts the nse even beyond trust where is the value yeah. the value now it's only down with is like follow the market yeah. that is like pretty much the market cap of the nse and that would take from a fundamentals perspective that's not a business that's, that's, that's not a real business, business. That's that's business. A it's a mirage <laughs> that business the entire business is a mirage if there's, any, if there's anything that is scam between bitcoin and that it's that because <laughs> <laughs> at least i know i can carry my bitcoin and there's a white man that will buy it from me what are you doing with that another interesting thing is that that cscs fund the average or is it median no the average age of um holders is close to um 50 or above 50. Mm-hmm. i think it's like 55 actually it's a market that is out of touch with the coming generation the, there are barriers to entry and it's not deep there's no value to be had there's there's there is nothing until we're able to amend economic policies to the to the point where you know the market is is free and fair and open to everybody and there's value for and people to invest in yeah please let me be free like i will chase value where i need to chase value exactly the market people will always follow the market yeah. if tomorrow nigeria's economy is open there are no pegging rates you are free to do businesses you are generating revenue you are paying taxes the stock exchange is going to be a, a much more profitable venture for, for many investors. See, when somebody hacks how to sell um, international stocks to the HNIs proper, I know that right now you already do it with maybe like brokers and whatnot, too. but even the small value that is left in this NSE for those HNIs, they'll move it. Yeah. away 
if there is nothing to be had. Anyways, any final thoughts? I think that this episode has been a, I mean, yeah, it's been a rough one to record, just like going through the, you know, even thinking. the recording was difficult because <laughs> it's like the computer knew that these people are angry today. <laughs> you know, but yeah, any parting words, you know? Mm, no, just, just. I think they will change their stance. Just go, they will change their stance, which they'll is the worst part. And by then they change their stance, market has moved. And not just market, it's people like Boas and Alco that are defending their stance now will come back and defend the stance when they change the stance. Who is Boas? Is that, um, it's like some financial journalist. In so, this country? Yes. You follow Nigerian journalists? No, because the thing is that if you are in Nigerian person, if you are a Nigerian person, Finance, uh, lots of people like all this. I can is it is it CCRB? I can. Mm. Which one is the one that they do? I can. Yes. Well, I can holders look up to this kind of guy now. This is why economics departments are useless. Wow. Someone is coming out and saying Nigeria has high crypto exposure to GDP ratio. <laughs> what does that mean? <sighs> I guess that's the thing. If you if you can't if you can't. Um, if you can't, if you, if you just confuse them by using big grammar, that's that's really the tactic. Confuse people by saying a I'm lot. I'm going through this guy's TL. Can't. And I'm triggered. Yeah, can't He's be. sharing news article from Kyrgyzstan. Can't be. <laughs> no, sir, please don't be pointing out these people to me. I beg yeah, I think we should end it here. I think now we're just lingering and irritating. Now we're just <laughs> mudslinging, right? Yeah. Alright, so I think that's the end of this. We might need to cut out this. <laughs> we are not cutting out anything. <laughs> Have fun, everyone. Yeah, catch you on the next episode. Bye.